trying to accomplish. Last time, forget. What is our relationship with the Lord? Right. This class is to deepen our walk with Christ. We're pointing you to Christ and the Word of God. We want to draw deeper into a relationship with Christ. So that's the life for those that are new. That's what we're about. Um, and we're going into a starting a just the fundamentals of our Christian walk. If we want to know Christ, there are certain fundamental principles. And the first principle, you remember what we're talking about, anybody? What's the acronym? Stop. 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 That should be easy to remember. Seeking God, trusting God, obeying God, and praising God. The foundational principles, if we're going to grow deeper into Christ, this is what will happen in our life. All right, so we're on the first one. You guys are awesome. I had a lot of stuff planned, and I get through two, two or three points because you guys are so engaged, and it's wonderful. And if you have any questions, please stop me as we go um, throughout this. The other thing that's been requested, i got all this stuff here, is homework. Homework. Man, who wants homework? <laughs> so on, I've never been a Facebook guy, so I now get on her account and post some homework. And that homework is very brief. Um, the first question I asked, do you remember the first question I asked in homework? I mean, I, I never got on Facebook before this, so I... I know if you're not a Facebook person. Um, but the first question I had, what kind of relationship do you want with Jesus? What kind of relationship do you want with Jesus? And I gave scriptures. What kind of relationship does Jesus want with us? Personal. Personal. Is that what we want? Or do we want a bellhop? Mm -hmm. This is my need, God, meet it, then I'm going to do my own thing. We want a Santa Claus. We want a genie, or do we want God? This deep personal relationship with the Creator, the Sustainer, the One who has always been, not before Him, not after. So we have to answer that question in our mind, because that will shape what we pursue. All right, and then identifying them as we sit before the Lord, He'll identify any barriers. You know, and oftentimes adversity, and we're all, none of us are immune to it, right, Chris? None of us are immune, but adversity in God's hands will start peeling away things that are barriers to your walk with Christ. So we can start viewing adversity differently. All right? Because our primary purpose is to grow deeper in Christ. And that often requires adversity. So we view the adversity differently as God's tool to purify us. So, again, that was the first homework. The la the, what I said last time, does anybody remember what the question, I don't know if anybody saw it. James did. James. <laughs> There's a man of truth right there. He will point out any, any area. I, I secretly plant one verse that is not right, and James finds it. I know he's reading uh, critical. <laughs> uh, how about discernment? <laughs> um, you're like our second daughter. She's she. Oof, boy, she's. We don't want to say critical, but she can point out faults in a hurry. So we're trying to balance her discernment with mercy. Um, 
All right, do you guys remember what I asked in that homework question? I'm asking sort of the same questions all along. But the question was, what are you living for? Tell me. Honestly. You guys are honest. What are you living for? The one with the silence. Silence? <laughs> Peace? <laughs> right. Never happens in the Amos' home. Um, what else? Pleasure Bath's cave. <laughs> <laughs> What are we living for? I say to honor God to whatever we have to go through. Right. And that's a heart that's really seeking the Lord, is we want to honor Him, whatever comes our way. Right? But in reality, if we really sit back and think, boy, what's irritating me? Why do I feel this way? You know, maybe we're not living for the glory of God. And this is a process. And as you grow deeper in the Lord, it happens. Um, as you surrender and submit. So some of the verses I had up there, um, I won't go over them, but does anybody, and I asked the next question because um, the, first, the first question was, what are you living for the second? These come from the verses, 2 Corinthians 5, Galatians 2, 19 through 20, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, and 1 Peter, 1 Peter um, 4, 1 through 2. It's talking about who we're supposed to be living for, what we're supposed to be living. And the question is, um, it goes on, does the love of Christ compel us? Does the love of Christ, if you think about, again, we're talking about meditation, that's seeking God. It's not a Bible study, so to speak. You can study the Bible and miss God. This is meditating on the Word of God, letting it change you as you seek Him. But it says, does the love of God compel you in any way? Christ's love, what he did on the cross, change your behavior, change your outlook. <coughs> you know, so that was another question we asked. And these are questions you meditate on as you read these scriptures, and you're asking, Lord, show me who you are, show me who I am. Um, and the last question was, have you died yet? <coughs> have you died yet? What do you think I mean by that, or the scriptures mean by that? In order to be reborn. Die to self. <clears throat> Death to self. Self likes to get in the way. Repeatedly. <coughs> but we know in these scriptures, and we know if we're going to be his disciple, <coughs> we're going to be his disciple, there does require death to self. Again, that's an ongoing process. But if we can get our purpose... Why am I living? I'm living to glorify God. Then we see these things that come in as God's loving hand sometimes hurts. But it's good. It's getting away the stuff that's interfering with my walk with Him and glorifying Him. So very good. That's a little touch of the homework. Maybe it's a taste. It'll get you to the Facebook so you can look on it and meditate upon it. Again, this isn't really a Bible study. I, will, I mean, you're studying the scriptures with the intent of seeing the face and the heart of God and then the mirror that reflects your face and your heart. All right? That's how we're going to grow in a deeper walk with Christ. All right. So on to the lesson. i got a lot of time today. You guys are quiet. 
<laughs> so on to the lesson. We're talking about seeking. Why seek God? Why seek God? Tell me, guys, why do we need to seek God? Hmm. We talked about it briefly last time. Why seek God? I think ultimately fulfillment is in Him. You know, we, we sort of have this uh, void in our lives unless God is present there. Right. And um, Absolutely. so seeking God, is, is, it, it sort of fulfills a, a real deep innate need in, in our souls. Right. I think God's grace puts that in us so we can, as Acts says, 17 that we'll even call out for him, that we will seek him. God did this so that we men might seek out, reach out to him. Right. What else? The joy you get from it. I feel like I mean, John Piper talks about it in his book, Knowing God, the Christian Christian eagerness. And, uh, you know, the relationship with God is one of the few pleasures in this life that doesn't have a bad aftertaste. <laughs> well said. That's right. There is this unique relationship where we are satisfied. There is a joy that the world can't take away. And I marvel at it. I think what's happened in my life over the last 12 hours, and I think my joy is not gone. You know, it's not gone because he's my joy. Um, that's why we anchor ourselves to him and nothing in this world. There's not a thing in this world that is secure. No relationship, no finance, no job, nothing. So, right, we seek him for that. What else? To know him, because he's worthy mm -hmm. to be known. Okay, that's going to be uh, number four here. To know him. Okay. We also mentioned it before, how Jesus even had to go on the mountaintop to, to seek God. Mm -hmm. <coughs> The basic fundamental reason, you know, I guess my children, when we early on in the faith, and it never leaves us, is we need the Lord, right? We need Him. Um, we know in Philippians 4, we talked about how He wants us to go to the Lord, and how Jesus modeled it when He was about to go to the cross, hey, take this cup from me. I mean, He was requesting something from the Lord. Um, we know from uh, his prayer, the Lord's Prayer. So the, one of the reasons to seek God is to, to receive something from him. Joy, satisfaction, peace. That's very, it's, it, the scriptures want us to do that. There's no doubt about that. But what were the caveats? So he's not a Santa, he's not a genie. What are the caveats? You remember that? Him first. Remember the scriptures we talked about? His will. Right. In his name. In his name. We read John 14. I'll turn to John 14. Because obviously I'm going through that now. I want my dad to be healed, restored. I want pregnancies to go on for the healthy babies. I want my relationships to be peaceful and joy, full of joy. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Okay, so what does John 
What does it say there, John 14? Don't be troubled. Trust God. Now trust me. There are many rooms in my Father's home, and I'm going to, pre going to prepare a place for you. If this were not so, I would tell you plainly. Uh, John, I, I, that was 14.1, and that's a great verse. Do not let your hearts right. be troubled. <laughs> the Spirit speaking to us here. Do not let your hearts be troubled. 13 and 14, and we're talking about seeking the Lord. Do you have that, John? John 14, 13, 14. going to the Lord but there's some caveats he's not a genie we're seeking God because we need something from him I need something from God I need you to intervene you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it because the work of the son brings glory to the father yes ask anything in my name and I will do it right so in his name and what did that mean so when we're going to the Lord when I'm up am I when I'm up praying when I get this news when you get the news and we're seeking the Lord and he says praying in my name what does that entail glorifying him right the motive of our heart ultimately to glorify. that's what Jesus said in here is glorify thy name right when we're seeking him we want him to be glorified in his name and his will that's the tricky part isn't it because you don't know what his will really is I think that's why Jesus' prayer in the garden was so, because you bring your prayer request to him when you don't know his will, but you do it with open hands saying, but thy will be done, with a surrendered heart. Your prayers are coming to him humbly, I guess, with a surrendered heart. So in his name, as we're going to seek the Lord for him to intervene in our life, keep this in the back of your mind that we want to pray in his name. It's as if Jesus were making the request himself. All right, we're coming as if Jesus, his spirit within us, is making the request. Wonderful that we have the Holy Spirit interceding for us and our weakness too. But as we go and he doesn't do what we say, many people stop. So I, I have known my dad's been at risk for a stroke and he didn't want to take a blood thinner and it was a borderline decision. You know, it could go either way. And so I've been praying. God, don't let him stroke. Don't let him stroke. And he strokes. So how do I stay on course? Seeking God, God, don't let this happen to my father. That was his wake-up call, maybe. He loves the Lord. Him. He loves the Lord. Yes, it can be to, to, to reorientate us. He knows the Lord. He's prayed about the decision. James? I think it's, I think we pray about what we want best versus what God wants or what's best for the person. And really, like, death is not a bad thing for someone who knows Christ, too. So right. it could be time or is it more purpose on earth right so we're shifting from what we want to what what he wants and right if it's not his will for my father not to stroke I can stay on course because James is alluding to we're all alluding to it because what 
because I know him. And if you know the Father, that's what we're all driving at. This class is driving at getting to know Christ. Because when the storms of life come, if I know that God is sovereign, and I know that God loves me and loves my Father, and God has perfect plans in mind, then this is what it is. I accept it. It might not be his perfect will, but there's sin in this life. And I accept it, and we know that he has a purpose for it. The purpose is always going to be to purify and cleanse and draw us closer to bring him glory. We talked about when we were in the vineyard, you know, our, we are the goal. I press on towards the goal. The goal is to become like Christ for his glory. And these things happen. The Lord knows what he's doing. So because I know who Christ is, I'm anchored to him. My foundation is him and not things of the world. You can stay rock solid. Like the bakers, right? You've been through a time and you're, you're here praising the Lord. And you're bringing glory at work. You know, and people see that. And all of us go through this. Uh, Chris doesn't mind me talking about it. I know that. Um, <clears throat> so yes, we seek him. We seek in his name. That says Jesus was Jesus came what? To give the Father glory. So we're coming seeking. Father, I want you glorified in this. I've made a mess of my life. Only you can get me out of this mess. And you're going to get me out because it's for your glory. You know, and, and he, he gets to choose how I get out. But it's his choice. I saw that that I listened to recently in the middle of it is John Piper like he's saying and then he oh gosh you gotta listen to it just he puts it in your face that God don't make mistakes everything's for a reason I believe it's everything I've gone through I've seen it even right. this last one was at my heels of perceptive nerves put on my third shift three nights in a row and started scheduled for the week she was blown away by heritage by everything right. they've done and she says she's gonna check it out I mean I think that God allows stuff to happen that's not good to us right. that he can be glorified through it that's better if we're gonna do it or not right how we respond to the adversity. Yeah. Absolutely. So I want to just encourage all of you, because I know, like I said, it's, I, I hear stories every day of my life as a physician, all these tragedies um, that happen. And as Christians, if we embrace it, God do with me as you please. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for you. I trust you. You're good. You're perfect. You're pure. You're holy. You have all the power. And embrace it. God will be glorified. And in the end, we need to set our sights on eternity, right? Not the here and now. Not my ease, comfort, and pleasure. Our sight is set on eternity. Where God will then settle all accounts and reward us with his rewards. Not that that's our, our, our goal, but that's the truth. Our, our focus is on Christ and for his glory. So good. We need him. Absolutely go to him with your request look at those requests and make sure we're going in his name for his glory and his will and sometimes we said his will is hard to know um, it's just in 1 John 5 this is where my Bible is open to when I receive the news of my father this is the confidence we have in approaching God this is 1 John 5 14 in approaching God that we ask anything according to his will he hears us According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know 
that what we have uh, that that we have what we ask of him. So again, he hears us. What does that I mean? Obviously, he hears everything we say, but he's hearing that prayer that's in line with his will. And again, sometimes we don't know. The Spirit will intercede for us. We know that, and God will change our desires over time. As we seek Him, He changes our desires to fit what His will is. That's the work of the Holy Spirit within us, changing us. Mind if I throw a note in here? Yeah, I've had a note in my Bible for some time, and it talks to this. I think, mm-hmm. and it's about healing coming from God. All healing comes from God. Sometimes He uses doctors. Sometimes he uses miracles, sometimes he uses medicine, and sometimes he uses time. Right. And that, that gives you comfort. In it. Right. I have several notes from Very that. Good. Uh, time. And it gives me peace. It gives me time. Yeah, time. The Lord sometimes seems so slow in acting, but he knows what needs to take place to accomplish his perfect will. Second of all, we talked about um, we're seeking God out of is obedience, right? So what does Matthew 6, 33 say? Very good. So what was happening before that? What was... Right. Right, so... I mean, they have needs, real needs, like, where am I going to get my clothes? Where am I going to get my food? God, I'm going to you. And Christ is sort of putting it in perspective. So we're, we're going, we're taking it up a notch now, saying, okay, seek out of obedience, I'm going to seek you. Okay? So then we ask the question, is it sin if we're not seeking God? If, I, if I'm not, what's that? If we're not seeking Him, we, and that's how I feel that my life, I have an idol. If God isn't what I'm seeking, there's something else I'm seeking. There's an idol in my life. Uh, I consider it sin. And I'll let the Holy Spirit work on you guys. If I'm not speak, or if I'm not seeking the Lord as He's commanded, seek Him first, His kingdom, the things of God. Holy Spirit in us. Um, all right. Excuse me. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think sometimes it's automatic? How can you how can you be a Christian and obey Him without seeking Him? I would think that that would be an automatic thing. If you obey Him and you're seeking Him, mm-hmm. and in obedience, you, the need, and I think it kind of all falls in under oh, that my. same heading. It does, and I think far too often we get off track. Cares of this world, the pressing needs of our children, our parents, work, and we get off track and we end up not seeking the Father. Uh, why does he, we, we ask the question, why does God command that we seek Him? For our good and His glory. For our good. And his glory. Very good. What else? He wants us to trust him in the little things he's going to request of mm-hmm. Reverse that. Oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. It's a test. Right. If we're going to obey him in this small, small thing, thing, then he'll give us, then he'll give us more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. 
Remember Second Chronicles twelve fourteen. This drives me to seek him. They were talking about King uh, Rehoboam, Rehoboam, and the Lord said he did evil in the sight of God because he did not seek him. Seek him. That scares me. That puts the fear of God in me. That He said, "I'm trying to protect you. Seek me." And I'll protect you from all the crud in the world. All right? So he's doing it for that reason. John. I think. I'm trying to be very careful with the words, be very clear about it. There's a times when we feel really convicted about something, where we feel, this, this is what I should do. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be very, very careful that we just don't see the way we feel about something. Feel this is the right thing to do, and what does God's word actually tell us to do? Um, in the moment, and I think one of the whole points of Christ's life is the example of he, he obeyed him to the point of death. I mean, he didn't. I mean, he even even right before he's seeking after God, he's this could be really awful. I don't want to do this, but if this is what you want, I'm going to do this, even to the point of. And it wasn't just a convenient death. It wasn't a quick death. This wasn't an easy thing. This was suffering. Suffering to the most of what that culture could bring. This was a good word if you want to do this. Really, in that case, seeking after God. Um, and I, I think in, in, our, in, our, in our context of our culture, I'm not, I'm not really worried day to day that I'm going to get you know, crucified. I'm, that's not, it's not on my list of things i got to watch out for. Right. Um, but I do have to be very careful guarding my own heart that I'm not just going to say something or do something because like, I feel the need. Well, what does God's word say? Mm -hmm. And I do have to constantly go back and um, seek after God's word. What is pride? Mm -hmm. you know, what is humility? That's what I'm working on with one of our children right now. Yeah. You know, what does God's word actually say? Because I, honestly, I'll lie to myself and say, no, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And that's not what God's Word says. Right. So what do you do in a situation where God's Word doesn't have anything to say about it? And all you have is your feelings, and there's really no clear indication. Uh, do you just stay put? Do you do nothing? Do you act? What, what do you that's do a great question. You obey what you already know. <laughs> First step, word, right. You just First step. Keep, just keep doing what you, what you know is His will from His Word. Spirit will show you. Keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. It's First John five. Right. So, very good question. If I don't have clear guidance, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? Um, I think if your heart is truly surrendered, this is my take from my personal walk with Christ. And I can give you an illustration, but if your heart is truly surrendered, God, I want to do your will. And I'm willing to wait here until you show me. Waiting is not passive. Because everything in wants to go, do. Everybody around you is pressing. Oh, you got to go. No, I'm going to hold back all of that. I'm going to wait for your direction because you've promised me that you will show me. And he changes our desires in the meantime. He purifies our heart. Because usually in the waiting period, the time, as, as John talked about, he's targeting my heart. Because that's what he's after. He's after my heart, completely surrendered, because then he'll use me for his glory. 
So he'll delay, he's delayed in my life, and in, in that delay, he's changed me and changed my desires. So that's the big picture. So, then speak, we, so speaking about a career change or a right. move or a purchase of something, right. where so, is the promise that he is going to show us? Right. I think that comes to... Um, <laughs> for real, we've all like, been there. Like, where's the word again? I'll give you. I'll give you. Buy this right. house or buy this. Or, I, no, I got a house show. illustration for you. I think yeah. it comes down to the peace, making that, that career change. And nowhere in there does it say. But that's back to feelings. Career occupation. You have. You're talking about feelings. That it, that's a feeling, but there is a true peace. Giving it to God in peace. When you have that ultimate piece of comfort of it can go either way, you're totally your, surrendered. Your spouse is with point. you on that aspect, right? That, Absolutely. It's kind of undescribable unless you're in that that situation, but it's it's comfort. <coughs> you can feel that comfort, and right. yes, that is appealing, and that is um, materialistic. I guess you would kind of label it as, but when you you're realizing that it's up to him whether he wants you to or not. The doors are open, you follow through, and then as soon as you step through, it's like walking in the air condition on a hot day. It's just overwhelmingly overwhelming with peace. So there is we can't deny the peace of God. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Trust in me. There is a peace that comes into our spirit that I don't care if all hell breaks loose around me, and I'm in the middle of a hurricane, I'm at peace. Because it's not generated from me it's generated from the spirit of God in me so I don't I, I go a lot by peace too and it is was that a feeling no it's a peace I know that whatever happens it, I'm, I'm obeying God the consequences are yours it's I, a spiritual feeling versus an emotional feeling right I think that we can attest to that because like last year um, we had the opportunity for the first time in 16 years to actually decide where we wanted to go. The military wasn't telling us where to go. Mm -hmm. And we knew that we weren't supposed to stay. Mm -hmm. And where do we go? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just, we stepped out in faith like Abraham, you know, just mm -hmm. went. <laughs> and God showed us around to different churches and we didn't have any problem with all the churches that we visited were theologically sound yeah. and there was nothing wrong with them, but God didn't give us that rest. He just, he said, nope, keep going, keep going. And then we came here, and it was peace. There was just, uh, it's indescribable, like right. you said. Um, you just, there was, God didn't audibly talk to us and say, this is it, but there was a peace when we came here. We knew that this was where God wanted us for this season. So, go ahead, Carla. Um, so I struggle with this a little bit because mm -hmm. I'm not wired that way, mm -hmm. like innately. Like right. I'm a risk taker. Here, go for it. I <laughs> love to do something new, an entrepreneur, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're butterflies when you're getting ready to make a big decision. Mm -hmm. Peace, but it's it's not something where I know this is going to work out. Right. There's risk. Right. So again, keeping the context of faith here. Right. All of us said, well, we won't deny that we're, we're wired different. My wife, she'd be fine with doing the same thing every single day her entire life, <laughs> the routine. I'm not wired that way as a person. It would drive me nuts. So Good balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, we have a good team when we're on the same page. Right. <laughs> so speak to that. I mean, so, because I think I understand what Shane's saying. 
like there's an aspect of this risk I can take with huge reward and upside. Right. But it could also go sideways and ruin our family. <laughs> right. And I've got to go to blast zone. You can't, you hold, hold it, hold it. You can't no, yeah, sit down. You don't get it. Those kids will be okay without you. So, so I, I, I mean, so, yeah. So, we're, you know, well, just Carl, because you don't have butter. Yeah, go ahead. Because Shane's personality is a lot like Carl's. And see, when you, sometimes, and I don't mean any disrespect, but sometimes we take peace by meaning I can see how it will work out. Right. I have a piece because I can see how it will work out, but when your personality is, you don't care if you can see the end, it's difficult to make right. those God-driven, peaceful decisions right. because, you know, for Shane, that's vocational, you know? Right. So is I just got an offer to go on an oil drill for a year. We could probably make it work, you know? Right. And so, this didn't really happen, although he had a And so, again, like, you're going to... For me, like, the peace isn't going to come because I'm going to be like, well, you're not right. going to be home and whatever, right. you know. So it's just a real hard right. details. But I do want to add that, that also, like, if you really are, maybe you're not seeking the, the Lord, you right. know. Maybe what you're right. seeking is not right. Right. So, exactly. So it's a very real question. And this is um, how I'll answer it briefly for Shane's sake. Um, it all goes back to this Where's your heart? If your heart is set on glorifying God and you are surrendered and submitted, you'll do the right thing. That's his responsibility. So the house thing, Gene and I moving here, we were praying, God, where do you want us to live? You know, it affects the, you know, neighbors have an influence, you know, you've been there. Uh, where do you want us to live, God? What house do you want us to choose? Yes, it's of the world, so you know I know the Lord's going to take care of me from Matthew, but still, I have to make the decision. Do I build? Do I buy? Do, where do I buy? Um, so it was coming the time I had to make a decision. I didn't hear anything. I don't know which way to go. God, I'm trusting you. So I signed the contract for this house, and at the bottom, I don't know why, I just checked the box that said if there's radon, um, I can get out of the contract. So, in the meantime, the house we really wanted, but I knew the Lord didn't want us to go above this price, was too high. I said, Gina, man, that's the house we really want, but we prayed about it. We can't, you know, this is not the Lord's will. It's out of his will for our life. We shouldn't be spending that much money on it. That was clear. I don't know, peace or just wisdom from God. And um, so, we're set, we signed the contract. In the meantime, the house, it's only four doors down the street. The buyer lowers the price. Oh man, we should have waited. Why didn't I wait? But I had to make the decision. Radon gets tested. It's positive. Positive radon gas in in the basement. Sorry, don't want your house. I'm buying that house. God intervened. I, I God sovereign. He intervened. My heart, our hearts, were God. I just want to do Your will. I'm not holding on to anything. I just want to do your will. You know the future, everything. I've got to make a decision. We make the decision. God intervenes. And in the meantime, I get the price significantly lower. And he's glorified. So I can talk about it today. God is sovereign. So it all goes back to our heart. If you're saying, God, I want to do what you want me to do, um, this isn't about the money. This isn't about prestige or prominence 
or the thrill of it, the excitement. It's not about any of that. This is purely, I want to do your will, Father. And you lay it before him, and if the time comes and you have to make the decision, you make it, you make it with confidence. We know from James, right? If any of you lack wisdom, he gives it. He talks about wisdom, what I opened up. <clears throat> and we check our wisdom, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. God, show me my heart. Is this pure? Peace-loving. Is this going to promote peace? Or am I going to divide from my decisions because they're really selfish? So is it pure? Is it peace-loving? Consider it. Thinking about others involved, not just me. This is what I want. Christ did not operate that way. Christ said, Father, what you want for the sake of them. All right? Full of mercy and good fruit. Will this bear good fruit? Will this bring glory to your name? Impartial and sincere. So we put, we are in the scriptures, we're seeking God, he's pruning our heart, we have decisions to make, and yes, you may not know, and there's faith. Because I have a little four-year-old, soon-to-be four-year-old, now purely by faith. Because Jean and I were old, we had said no, God came to our spirits at different times and said, this isn't right, we're, we're living too comfortably. And we've shut down the voice of God because of my life is fine. And I'm saying, well, we're old. A lot of bad things happen when you have kids when you're old. Are you sure, God? But what happened? Miscarriage. I'm saying, ooh, God, are you sure? I know I'm sure because you've given me that rock-solid confirmation. So what happened? Miscarriage. Are you sure, God? Are you speaking your truth to my heart? As best I know, I'm surrendered. It's all about you. It's all for your glory. Third time, Mia. What a joy. Same thing happened to me in medical school. Playing professional basketball. The life of Riley. A couple hours of practice a day. What a wonderful life. God changes my life. Like, I don't like doing this anymore. What? God, this is what you, I know you set me on this course. Now I don't feel like doing it anymore. What do you want me to do? Surrender. God, I'll do anything you want. Anything. You want me to go in the ministry? I'll do it. You want me to be a missionary? I'll do it. I'll give up everything. I'll just show me. I didn't know. But he was changing my heart and my desires, putting people in my path to get me into medicine. Applied to medical school, didn't get in. People around me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Waiting on God, this is what he wants me to do. Apply it again, didn't get in. Third time. I, wouldn't, I can't imagine my life. And I say, I'm, I can't imagine my life not being a physician, because I know that's where he wants me. He can change me at any time. But it was my heart. I say this to tell you the faithfulness of God. That if you are totally surrendered, if your heart is his, and that's what this whole class is, I'm not holding on to my own way, my own right, my own will. It's yours. I'm totally surrendered. My heart is yours. You make the decision, and he's going to make it the right one. And those are beautiful examples of not just the faithfulness of God, but the faith that you had, that God cared about all of those things. Your house where you live, number, you know, the size of your family, right. your vocation choice, those aren't, you know, those aren't like ministry things, right? right. But they're details of our life that God cares about. Right. And you have Absolutely. to have faith to 
It's believe just, that God cares about the details of your life, too. And he'll shine his light on the path he wants you to take. So he will, um, I answer everybody's question, he is so faithful in what he does. So Shane, this is the key. Right here. It's where your heart's at. My wife's excited you pointed out my heart issues. <laughs> <laughs> Could you write Shane in the book? <laughs> <laughs> it's John's fault. <laughs> the youth of the, um, That's the right. church has come here. All right. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, we're still back on the same two points. Yeah, James. Just, just the other side of that, too. You talked about waiting for the Lord's will. Mm -hmm. I come from a family which would tend to only wait for the Lord's will. And in your examples, you didn't just stop everything you were doing. When you were looking at a house, you still kept looking. You had an right. offering on that house. Right. So it's it's not a line, just sit and do nothing. It's right. a follow, follow after the heart of God, but you're still expected to do something. Right. He gives us wisdom. You know, you guys have been given Carl, and you guys given these gifts, and, and we go on them, but they're always in the context of a surrendered, submitted heart. And then you can make the decision with confidence. You're gonna have butterflies when the tip goes off of the first part of that game. Man, I'm nervous as can be. But you, you know, if your heart is is surrendered and submitted, it's his job. And you're willing to change directions once you're in motion. You're willing right. to change directions. Right, because you're surrendered. It. You steer me how you want. And it's that way, I'll, I'll finish off by saying it's that way with the Christian life. So many of us struggle and struggle. And this, what, this isn't all it's cracked up to be, and we're trying and we're trying, but all the while it's just letting, putting our heart in His hand, and it's the Holy Spirit who lives His life through us. But there is, there's a working component to it. Seeking, trusting, obeying, praising. So we have a responsibility to work out the salvation that he's worked in us. Um, and we're dealing with the fundamentals that this is great because this is real life. I bet you there's not one of us in here who has not been in that position. Either asking for God something and he didn't do it, or God, what do you want me to do? And we don't hear anything. And this is real life. It all goes back seeking with a surrendered heart. And then you trust him, and it requires faith. As Alicia said, it, it requires faith. Most of what he requires you to do is going to be to step out in faith. He's not going to show you every answer. And that brings him glory. And you step out in faith. And not confusing the emotion with the spiritual feeling, like you had said, going through what you're going with right now with your father, you still have your joy. Not necessarily happiness. Right. As far it's as like you're happy is what that happened, but you can still have Right. The joy. You can have the peace with along with butterflies in the stomach right. as well, I believe. Right. Because mm -hmm. I'm riveted, riveted, I'm anchored to the God I know through the scriptures. This all takes place as we meditate on the Word of God. You know, if we're going to be the light in this dark world, we've got to meditate on the Word of God with a humble heart. We're going to get to how we seek Him. I think eventually um, but I'll close us in prayer um, so next time I promise we're going to get on to <laughs> number three number four and number five my favorite one because he is God 
that fact alone should drive us to him. Um, okay, so we'll get to these three points next go around. If I'm here, I may be out in California um, with my father, but if that's otherwise, Rick's going to continue his series that he's doing too if I'm not here Sunday. So, all right, I'll close in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, again, how grateful we are that you do speak to us, that you care about every detail. And I pray, Father, for those that may be hurting now, Father, those that have decisions to make, they need you to show up, Father. I pray that you would give them the wisdom to seek you, and as they seek you, you will show up, God. You're so faithful. You're so true in all you do, perfect in all your ways, holy and just. Father, we trust you. We want you to be glorified. We want your name held in the highest. What a privilege to bear your name, Father. I pray over this class that you would stir up an intense desire to get with you, to seek you. And Father, I pray you would bring whatever it may take in our lives to drive us to you, to taste and know that you are good. Father, thank you for the cross. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.